0: Secretly recorded from deep inside the bowels of a decommissioned missile silo, we bring you the man, one single man, who wants to bring light to the darkness, and dark to the lightness. Although he's not always right, he is always certain. So now, with security protocols in place, the protesters have been forced back behind the barricades and the blast doors are now sealed. Without further delay, let me introduce you to the host of Hutcast, Mr. Tim Hutner.
1: thank you sergeant in arms you can now take your post today on hudcast in the studio today is dave dave is a marine he's going to get us up to speed on the birthdays the marine corps when he met ronald reagan and his time in the military so for hudcast stand by are you looking for a home or business security system you can trust we are pro tech security systems we'd like to say we've been keeping honest people honest and the dishonest something to think about for over 20 years. We offer a variety of services from home to business security, to home theater, access control, and more. Call us for your complimentary consultation on a system that fits your specific needs. Call our office in Osseo, 763-493-2020. Mention you heard this on Hutcast, and you will get $50 off your next purchase. We are ProTech Security. Welcome to Podcast. Dave is in our studio today, as I said in our pre-roll, and Dave's a Marine, and I just thought this would be a good show for people out in the world to listen to and, and understand what the birthday is for the Marines. We've seen it all over the pages, the date book, uh, out in the world. So Dave, welcome to the studio. Uh, thanks for having me, Tim. Okay. Tell us about your time when you, uh, when you were a young lad and you just got out of school, and here we are. Joining up with the service,
0: yeah. uh, I grew up in Richfield back in the 80s, and uh, right out of high school, I did join the United States Marine Corps. Um, I was in from 1986 till 1992. Um, At the at the start, you go to you know initial training, which is boot camp in San Diego, and then uh, I was selected to be a part of the Presidential Guard unit. Up at Camp David, um, I was uh, they kind of have a pre-screening process and basic training, and then afterwards, there's some uh, other screenings that happen, and eventually you do wind up at Camp David. And uh, I was able to serve um, while
1: President Reagan was in office, so yeah, it was it was quite a privilege. Wow, what a great honor that is! So, when you did this, let's start with the beginning. So, so I mentioned uh, earlier. I think we went to San Diego. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, the basic training facility is in San Diego, and it still is. Uh, it's been that way for many years. If you notice, if you ever watch the TV show Gomer Pyle, um, that I believe that was filmed on site there, and you see those old Quonset huts, and uh, that's that's what it looked like back then. Um, it's modernized, of course, today, and it's. I'm sure it's modernized a lot from when I was in back and when I joined back in uh, 1986. But um, it's. Uh, it's wonderfully warm and sunny in San Diego, so it's kind of a, a a great place to have good weather and and to be able to do your training um, without having you know snow and cold and things like that uh, to make it even more miserable than it already is.
1: <laughs> well, we're getting some snow up here in Minnesota today, and it is Sunday. Yeah, and I just look back and go, "Why are we doing this?" <laughs> exactly. So San Diego sounds to be a good spot. Too bad it's Nancy Pelosi's state, and we would not go there anyway. So, mm-hmm. uh, All right. So w- with this, you joined the Corps in what year? Uh, 1986. And how long were you in basic? Uh, basic training back then was a little over 11 weeks. 11 weeks. Now, during that training, did you have a path, or did you just kind of like jump in and say, okay, mold me?
0: Yeah, no, they they decide what the path is, and the path is is to break you down, get rid of all your civilian habits, um, teach you all the history of the Marine Corps, and, ta- and teach you basic uh, infantry training and um, basic you know first aid and um, close combat, um, rifle range, things like that. They, in the course of eleven weeks, they build you into a uh, a fighting unit. And so that's that's what it's like. You you really come out of that experience um different. So uh it's it's not for everybody and not everybody's able to make it. Um we had uh, I believe sixty people in our platoon when we started and graduated fifty two. So it wasn't a, a huge amount of loss, but um you know, not everybody gets to, to make it. If it wasn't tough, it wouldn't be the Marine Corps.
1: Right. If everybody could do what they
0: would, right? Yep. And how long were you in the Corps? Uh, six years. Where were you?
1: What was your first deployment?
0: Well, first, my first duty station was in Washington D.C. at the Marine Barracks and Eighth and I in Washington D.C. That's a part of the while well, you're waiting to get your uh, top secret security clearance to be able to go up to Camp David, they bring you there, and um, you're part of the guard unit, uh, guard the commandant of the Marine Corps, uh, the chief naval operations, and do some State Department um, uh, security details, things like that. So um, that was the first duty station I was assigned to, and then after that, uh, once I got my um, top secret clearance approved, then I was um, sent up to Camp David, and um, from there, after my time at Camp David, I was um, stationed in San, or actually in uh, Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, where I did do actual, you know, what is technically considered a deployment, um, which is anytime you're going to be out of the United States, out of CONUS, continental United States, um, spent some time uh, in Honduras, Panama, um, and uh, eventually over
1: into Desert Storm. And I see. Yeah, okay, so that's that sounds like a, a whole lot of places. And, and how many years was that? That was six years. Six full years. At what point of your, I don't want to call it deployment, but what, of your service were you up at Camp David with uh, President Reagan?
0: Uh, that was in 1987 through 1989, the February of 1989 um, is uh, was when I left there. I see.
1: What did the Marine Corps do to pr- prep you for this? Mr. Reagan's visit. Well, while we were at the barracks in D.C., um,
0: we did different training. We were, you know, we did guard duty, which is what we wound up doing um, up at Camp David. Um, Camp David set up, so there's security by the Marines and, of course, the Secret Service does the presidential, you know, close quarters um, security for for the president. So um, there was just regular, regular training. I can't get into a whole lot of it, but we did train with the secret service and the FBI, um, as a part of, um, the prep
1: for being, uh, being up there. And with all that training, and of course I understand some of us probably under OPSEC and you can't speak about it now, but, um, what did you, what, what were you thinking when you were that young of a lad and all of a sudden you're about to meet the president?
0: Well, it can be a little, you know, scary because, you know, you've never been around someone like like that before. Uh, you're around generals and um, colonels and people like that, but, um, the, you know, being around the president is a different experience, so we're prepped for it. We're told what to say, you know, yes, Mr. President, no, Mr. President, things like that. Mm-hmm. So... It's it's a very um,
1: humbling experience. <laughs> well, a lot of people have enjoyed him as a president, and I can tell you, I'm one of those as well. So, with that, you're a young lad. You meet him again. Just what's going through your mind when when you see him? Uh,
0: at at first, it was uh, wow, he's very old looking. <laughs> uh, when they're on TV, yeah, they obviously have a lot of makeup and and they're prepped for 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 normal viewing of people through the television and okay. whatnot it's different when they're in person and um, when I met Nancy you know the the first lady. The first lady yep. you know very small you know in comparison to uh, you know myself in stature and it was it was very interesting just to see her in real life and realize how short and um you know kind of frail i met them at the very end of their their time in office so you know, they were obviously very they were they were old at that point in time mm-hmm. and so it was a little shocking to see them in that condition right up close because
1: just like anybody gets older they get more frail and right well you get old mm-hmm now, and when with that with those guys uh, meeting you, did they, did they talk to you? How, how did they address you as a, as a core?
0: You mean the president? Yeah. Both of them. They were just very friendly. They would say, hi, how are you? You know, there wasn't a lot of, of intimate interaction. There was a time when there was a, a luncheon where, um, pre- the president was in with the, with the Marine detachment. I missed that. Uh-huh. I was not able to attend that. However, um, the the gentleman that I was assigned with up there that um, did get to, they said he just kind of ate and told stories and was just uh, super friendly.
1: So he was just being a human and not politicking.
0: Oh, not at all. Nope. Just more like a grandfather telling stories.
1: Is that right? Yep. So just one of the, one of the guys, Papa San comes in and here we are. Yes. How cool is that? Yeah. Pretty neat. And not many people have been around a president, like you said. Uh, they don't understand. I don't understand. I haven't been around a president unless, the, uh, unless they get COVID and the state of Minnesota calls me and says, hey, who are you around? I'm going to say Joe Biden.
0: <laughs> Doesn't surprise me.
1: And Camilla Harris. Yeah, I've been around all these people. So you better check with them just to get the uh, MP- MPI got all lit up on that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I would do that. Yeah, I know you would. I know. <laughs> okay when, when when you had the uh the interaction with him, i saw you had a picture with him in the background which was really cool yeah you was a young marine and you have the the Reagans there what a, what a great honor and it, and it doesn't sound like they were you know you they weren't treating you like a subordinate
0: yeah every um christmas well um they were in office as far as i know i was only there for a couple of the years uh they would um as a, a sort of a president a present to um the staff um that were at Camp David they would uh have a picture taken with you know whoever you are and, and with them mm-hmm. and uh that was their way of saying thank you as to you'll always have that that photo of um of yourself with with the president and first lady so that's that's how that came about that's tradition well wow. And you have that
1: picture today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Revving this up, we're going to kick back to the beginning here and say, when you left basic, and you left Camp David, what was your next spot?
0: That's when I went down to Camp Lejeune, uh, North Carolina, and I was a part of an infantry unit, First Battalion, Sixth Marines, a part of the Second Marine Division. And um, while you're in the in the infantry, or the grunts, as as it's called. You do a lot of training. Um, the we did uh, jungle warfare training, mountain warfare training, and did some security assignments down in Central America. If you can remember back back in the nineteen eighties, that was the hotspot. It mm-hmm. was Central America, and that was the focus of all of our training. Um, right before I was deployed to the Gulf War, I was over in I was deployed to uh, Okinawa for jungle warfare school. Yeah. And it was a six-month deployment, and it was interrupted by Saddam Hussein invading Kuwait. And our assignment changed. They pulled us out of the jungle, put us on boats, and uh, headed over to Saudi Arabia to get ready to defend. So that was the, that was the big change um, from jungle warfare focus to mm-hmm. desert warfare. And if you notice back then, you know, everyone, all the uniforms were green yeah. and we did not have, uh, a, a large stockpile of desert camo. And of course, now you'll see desert camo very common in uniform in the uh, battle dress uniform for Marines and army. And it's, it's now an established, an established
1: thing that we are, we are desert warriors. Wow. And you're right. I remember seeing a lot of green. You don't see green no more.
0: Yeah, you'll see you'll see it in certain times, but it's there is a predominance now of of desert um, battle dress uniforms.
1: Okay, so you're in Desert Storm. Yes, where'd you where you get on the plane at or off the plane at?
0: Well, we were in on ships from Okinawa oh, to to Saudi Arabia. We made a pit stop in uh, the Philippines. Where I happened to run into a friend of mine from high school who was in the Navy. I was in the Philippines a total of eighteen hours, and I ran into him while we were in the Philippines for during that time. It was pretty wild. Um, so from there, we landed in Saudi Arabia. It was about one hundred and ten degrees out. <laughs> it was it was quite a quite a shock as far as the dry heat. It was hot over in Okinawa, however, in in Saudi Arabia it was a different kind of a hot. And within a couple of days, we were, our unit was um, sent out to the desert and we established, you know, basically a line in the sand, literally. And that's where we stayed the majority of our time. We did a few movements here and there. However, right up until the start of the war, we were, we were pretty stationary and just did, did training and waited for, for the action to happen.
1: I see. Were you part of the movement?
0: Yes, what happened was uh the first day of the war started for the air war and of course we did several weeks of of air bombardment and so we'd hear the planes going over the top and and we never you know didn't hear the bombs hitting cuz we were far enough back that 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 wasn't a thing. However, once we got up to the invasion day it was uh it was it was very loud. It was very loud. We went right up to the border right up to where they had had the landmines and um, the fencing set up. And we broke through the breach and uh, our unit, along with some other units, made their way over the course of a couple of days to right outside of Kuwait City.
1: Hmm. How long were you there?
0: Uh, From September till the end of April. So the war lasted 100 hours. And then we were there another month after the the secession of hostilities.
1: Hundred hours. Who was your uh, the big CO? That was uh Schwarzcroft. Yep. Is he still with us?
0: No, he he passed away a couple of years ago. He had uh I can't remember what kind of cancer, but something I, I believe see. it was cancer
1: that got him, I could be wrong. Well we got Colin Powell's gone, we got Schwarzcroft's gone. A lot of the great leaders that of our time are now gone, aren't they?
0: Yes, all a lot of the Gulf War veteran um, top commanders, you know, including the Commander-in-Chief, uh, George um, Herbert Walker Bush, are, are all passed away
1: now. Hmm. All right. Tell me what goes on next.
0: After I get back from the Gulf War, I get out. <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> I decide this isn't the life for me, and I did my service. Spent six years in, uh, did my duty. Mm-hmm. And wanted to come back and and do other things, so that's that's what i did and then some people stayed in some people i know have have completed their time and and retired you know did a full retirement after um twenty plus years, and some just got out and and they um are doing you know just becoming civilians and 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 they're happy
1: What would you tell? The kids. Uh, we're we're on military bases now, and and we're still there. So, someone was over in the Africa world, and and we're still getting downloads from over there. So somebody's still listening over there. What would you tell these kids today, pre, getting into the uh, service, and during the service, and post service? What, what do you got? What's advice from an old Marine?
0: To put into it everything that you have, as long as you're going to do it, commit to it, and and be the best you can be. Just going in and and just getting by, not um, becoming physically fit, not studying, uh, you know, studying um, the the field manuals and the other areas of knowledge that you're given, and along with the discipline, things like that. That's you, you need to fully commit, and then things go well. Things go well for people that work hard, and it's no different from being in the military to civilian life work hard and good
1: things happen dave is there anything else you want to add we'll get this out on the wire asap what do you got for us that's it have a good evening okay for hutcast we appreciate you tuning in and we'll be back soon so stand by and we will have some coverage of the kim potter trial so thanks again everybody and that's a wrap for hutcast hutcast is again a pragmatic approach to seeing things how some people see him. If you like our show, give us a thumbs up on the Facebook site. Again for Hutcast. thank you again. Have a wonderful evening.